0: I am Consciously Curious, a podcast for those that are searching for a career or cultivating meaning within their own space. We've had anesthesia providers to barbers, dog behaviors to airline pilots, white collar to blue collar, entrepreneurs to passion projects. Life's too short to not produce meaningful work. Join me, Victor Chan, as we deep dive within various industries. I'd love to hear your feedback, so feel free to leave a comment. I hope you find some value within these conversations, but more importantly, I hope it sparks a meaning within your own space. In this episode, we revisit emergency medicine. Our next guest helped build UIC-EMS in its infancy and has held a variety of positions within the industry. He is currently the paramedic program director at Loyola University Medical Center, as well as a critical care paramedic and a flight paramedic. We are incredibly proud of how he overcame his shortcomings and how he continues to establish credibility through humility and integrity. Please enjoy my conversation with Oliver Borgeski. Oliver, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's so good to see you. It's fantastic to see you. It's sad that we don't get to see each other more often because Uh, we're in the same industry. Right, right. (laughs) So to give people feedback, uh, Oliver and I went to UIC together. Mm -hmm. And we were part of a handful of individuals that started the student-run EMS group on campus. Yeah. For a little bit, they had an ambulance. Yeah,
1: it was exciting (laughs) times. Exciting times.
0: And uh, and then we graduated. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we reconnected in medic school. Yeah. Um and I'm tr- I did I I Googled your name and it is. I'm impressed at how many letters are after your name now. It's just because of a Polish last name. That's <laughs> all. That's I don't all. think that's it, Oliver. Um, these days, what you specialize? You're you're the associate what program coordinator.
1: So I was the associate paramedic program director. Okay. Um, now I am the full blown paramedic program director Ooh. at uh, at Loyola. Yeah. Um, I do the critical care paramedic program as well. Okay. Um, and then I have been flying uh, fixed wing critical care for Aerial Carrier Ambulance. And then recently, I started doing um, clinical outreach for them as well.
0: What what does that mean by clinical outreach?
1: So it's a lot of, hey, this is what we do as a company for fixed-wing patient transports. Um, And then kind of a lot of providing back to the community. So uh, we actually, in the next month or so we've got a paramedic program coming out to us so we're helping out with like a, like a little field trip essentially to do some skills and out uh, all that stuff doing an aircraft safety walkthrough yeah things that typically they might not experience until later on in their careers so it's kind of a little bit of a primer for hey maybe you want to do critical care uh paramedic stuff right uh, later on in your career here's options right
0: right right and that was that's that was probably one of my favorite days uh in paramedic school was when the helicopter landed but it's a little different for you guys so they have to actually come out to you guys because you need a landing strip
1: yeah so they come out to us so we're, we're based out of um uh, aurora municipal airport which okay. is in sugar grove ironically um <laughs> but uh so we've got a couple of our airplanes up there yeah um so they come out there depending on the class that we're having uh we'll either have also lifestar or you can come out and oh, bring crap. their helicopter out so it's kind of a A whole holistic approach so yeah, uh, we had Lurries out there not too long ago to do a safety day Right, so that was they had an ambulance they had one of the helicopters They did a walkthrough through through our aircraft as well So it's it's a whole lot of like putting that stuff together and being like this is what we're about Come consider us either so we can transport your your patients or hey Mm. come work for us later on
0: Love it. Love it. Um, how did you decide between fixed wing and, and helicopter?
1: um, so Getting on a helicopter is very difficult. Because um, you're tall? No. Uh, just like it, it's a very competitive oh, job oh, oh, field. Oh, okay. um, But also the height, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's um, it's a very competitive field to get into. Okay. There's not a lot of turnover, uh, which is good for the field. Um, but honestly, I didn't... I knew that like fixed wing existed. Okay. I didn't realize that we had a couple of services in the area. We do. Uh, what are the... What, I, so, what are the, like, Superior companies? has another... Um, Fix one. Was, yeah. They oh. they just got that up and running. Oh. Um, there's a couple of programs um, down south. I forget who runs them. I think sure. there's like one or two
0: out of Peoria as well. And you know what What wasn't clear to me from our last episode on in Lifestar? mm mm-hmm. uh, is it, is it a course that you take after critical care, or is it just an exam that you,
1: te- that you study for? So it's technically just an exam. So it's, it's an interesting setup where, um, so they require the FPC exam, so the flight paramedic certification for the paramedics, or CFRN, so <laughs> Certified Flight Registered Nurse for the Nurses. <laughs> and that's just an exam that you can take. So technically, the day that the ink on your paramedic license dried or the ink on my paramedic license dried, I could have tried to challenge that exam.
0: And then that would have extended.
1: And that would have, yeah, then it would Does have Does that like act a, as your medic license?
0: So it's, it's not, a not technically
1: licensed. license, it's a cert on top of gotcha, it. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but the exam is fairly difficult. Mm. So, um, much like with paramedic school, uh, yeah. I had to go through twice. Um, yeah. The exam's tough. I had to challenge it a second time. And a lot of the stuff that, unless you're actively doing critical care and then you're involved somewhat with flight, you're not going to know. They have prep classes and all that stuff for FPC and CFRN. We do a lot of in-house stuff as well, but you're not going to know a lot of it unless right. you're actually working in the field. But how do you work in the field without it? So a lot of the programs that are CAMES accredited, so that's just a, one of the accrediting bodies that says, hey, these are the requirements that you need to have for safety, for education, all that stuff. Um, they'll say you need to have it within two years of hire. Okay. So th- they understand that there's a little bit of wiggle room, that you need to get um, some experience to take the exam, and then you need to have the exam to keep working so it's it's, yeah
0: it's it's weird the the medics and nurses uh at lifestar emphasize couldn't emphasize enough how much con ed like into like Mm -hmm. um self-motivated con ed like they're just always reading like books and textbooks um just to stay fresh yeah
1: it's you you have to stay current on all this stuff because it it always changes it always changes medicine in general pre-hospital medicine in general but especially if you're doing any flavor of flight, rotor wing on the helicopter, fixed wing on a jet. Uh, there's so much stuff that's changing all the time um, that, yeah, unless you're constantly reading stuff, you're going to fall behind pretty quick. Mm-hmm.
0: So um, you mentioned how difficult medic school was. Mm-hmm. What, what was it that that was most difficult the first time
1: around? Honestly, I I walked in with the attitude of like, oh, I mean... I was, as we were kind of discussing, I mean, like UIC had an ambulance. Not a lot of people get 911 experience as an EMT. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I walked in being like, oh, I've got this experience. This will be easy.
0: I don't know why we didn't, why weren't we study buddies? Like, why didn't we know. like, I don't know why don't know. that didn't happen.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. We, we worked <laughs> oh, together. Man. We worked together fantastically. And then, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was no one's fault but my own. I just walked in with the attitude of, nah, I got this. And then turns out I don't got this. Um, so that was a the big change that I had to like mentally do for myself Second go around was
0: and you, but you went in, you went in the next year, right? Correct. Yeah So what did you do between then when when you left and when you came back?
1: Um, did as, it, it, as take- dumb as it sounds the uh all the online homework that uh, we had I was still like not Doing it as you guys would have been doing it, but i'd go in and i'd like oh. brush up on some of the stuff um I honestly turned into like the guy that would just sit there and read the textbook uh, in my free time. Uh, Was there
0: ever a point where you're like, maybe this isn't for me?
1: No, I it's, I, I've known that I wanted to do medicine for, the longest time
0: were you pre-med at uic yeah i was pre-med at uic
1: um and then when i left i ended up getting when i went back to finish my bachelor's degree uh, i went and i finished at eastern kentucky and i got it in ems EMS, administration yeah you don't
0: see that too often yeah
1: so it's i I knew i wanted to do something in healthcare. um so it was one of those no i messed it up once i'm not going
0: to waste my time again Mm. on this i'm gonna i'm gonna get it done and what did you do after you got your medic? Because the I know, did you ever have any goals or dreams of CFD? No, nah, I wasn't.
1: I wasn't a big like I want to go to the big city kind of guy. That wasn't really me. Okay. Um, I had my name on the list. Um, yeah, much like everyone else, I was never one of the people that got called because oh, wow. the list is. We, we
0: got called after we thought they were going to make another list. Oh, and they gave us a weekend's notice. Yeah, and Marty already moved to the suburbs, and we kind of gave that dream up, and we're pushing our late twenties at that point, yeah. and. uh uh, I don't know, and I I still felt like it was such a hard decision to let it go. Yeah. But they give a weekend's notice to get all these pa- all the paperwork and all all that's, the letters uh, of a wreck. And, and they like,
1: they still do that. I know oh, a bunch of people that um, I used to work with. That some people that I still they just work with. Pe-
0: pe- it's it's at people's like top priority, and they're like, here it is. Here, yeah, here's that's, I think <laughs> here's that's your what letter. They, I
1: think that's what they bank on. Where it's like, uh, we know you want this, so. Here's forty-eight hours. Yeah. 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 How bad do you want it? Like, well, I, I would like some notice. That I would like that. Wow. Yeah. So I, I never really had like CFD. I was thinking of doing um, nine-one-one. uh, but the big thing was like the contract work, yeah. Um, and then I ended up staying at at the privates, and then that's kind of how I got into critical care.
0: Where did you 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 did Oak Park and Rod, so from for my for Ryan uh, yeah
1: for my internship I did Oak Park and I did Cicero. Cicero, oh, yeah. Oh, nice.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, and that did that turn you onto contract work at least? Yeah. Or?
1: So I, I actually um, when I was in paramedic school, yeah. I was working on the contract at Lurie Children's. And yeah. um, for med for, wait, for, for medics, medics? Okay. correct? Yeah. So I was doing that. So I was kind of used to like the contract type stuff. Um, and then during my internship at Cicero, one of the lieutenants on the shift that I was on, he was like, "Hey, so you're applying here after yeah. you graduate, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'd love mm. to. I would absolutely love to." And then I realized that I, I realized that money is not the answer to everything, but I was making more money as an EMT. Working at Lurie's, mm. and I was like, "Oof! I just went through medical school twice. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta build up a little bit of a nest egg. I got my, my stupidity cost I, me I think, some money. I think
0: it depends on what your long-term goals are, right? So the people that had goals of getting on Chicago, they learned a lot from Cicero. So after yeah. Cicero, they were very well prepared mm-hmm. uh, for for the city, at least. Yeah. Um, and my old roommate Jose De La Rosa, uh, yeah, got me onto Cicero. So mm-hmm. he said everything positive about Cicero and he got me hooked on it. And and I miss it. I love mm-hmm. it. I, it. It's been years since I've been back and it sounds like good things are happening in Cicero. Yeah. Um, but it's good that you you kind of knew what you wanted to get out of EMS and you, you were going after it. So after the contract work, uh, at Medx or Lurie's, mm. what did you do after? So
1: that? then I stayed at I stayed at Medx. Um, there was a period of time where Medx was doing more sick patients. Okay. So I felt like I was not just doing the patient shuffle, transport yeah. from A to B type thing, um, and I, I did that for a little bit. Then um, the director of critical care at the time was like, "Hey, do you want to take a, a ventilator certification class so you can start doing like sicker patients?" I was like. Sure. Why not? What's What's it going to hurt? Um, so I did that, and then um, then I was like, "This is This is interesting. Cool. I I like the complex patients.
0: Why Why is critical care? Um, the experience of it is like drinking from a fire hose. Like why yeah. Why is it so tight? <sighs> that's so a, fast.
1: That's a good question. I I don't know. There's there. I don't think there is a good answer. I think it's because
0: Cause how many how many courses do they hold every year? You know. So
1: I mean, at Loyola we run one a year, yeah. but that's because we're doing a paramedic class and critical care when our students go to ride time, and that's just based on space availability. Um, but there's places that run like three courses a year, um, but still th- those are like th- like a month at a time, like mm. three and a half four weeks straight, like what, Monday what through Friday. It, what
0: it should it be? At least six
1: months, or so my ideal goal would be to run kind of two classes so there's people that have been doing critical care type stuff for the longest time but they need the formal certification Mm -hmm. those people if they can afford to take the the three weeks off a class or if their company their agency um, there's departments that say go go to critical care Mm -hmm. we'll we'll pay for you to go don't worry about covering your shifts we'll take care of all that stuff if they've been doing it for a little bit Three weeks, yeah, it's a little bit of a fire hose, right, but they right. can take care of it. Right. Um, but honestly, I think it should be like a, a semester's mm. class. Like, I think that's a, a decent like approach a, to
0: it. At least like 16, 18 yeah. weeks kind of thing. Do
1: like okay. a, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday for a semester, and then you can really Absorbed. get into this stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. it's the first time I sat down to do critical care, and they're like, hey, here's hemodynamic monitoring. And I was like, hemo, what now? <laughs> okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> right. Um here's all these values you need to realize. I'm like, right, let her right. memorize. And I was like, where, maybe, do we, where do we get those?
0: Maybe as a medic or maybe as a basic, you might've, you know, did ground transport for a heli that arrived. And, yeah. But like, you're not doing any, unless no. you're really asking questions. You're no. not. Okay. I
1: mean, even we were fortunate, um, So MEDAC still has the Lurie Children's contract and it's, it's very much, you get out what you put in, which seems to be like the, the common phrase in EMS, right? But if you get hands on, ask a lot of questions, the nurses, the RTs that are on the Lurie Children's transport team, they're more than willing to answer all the questions. Um, So I, I was one of those people that asked a lot of questions and I was like, yeah, this is okay. Yeah. This is complicated, but I can, I can kind of get it. And then sitting down for critical care, I was like, "Never mind, I don't got it."
0: <laughs> but it is, worked. Isn't out. Isn't that amazing? It's it's not like, like the deeper down a rabbit hole you go, the more you realize you don't know, or the or not not that you don't know, but the more that there is to know, right? And it's it's so humbling, the, and like the Dunning Kruger effect. Here. Yes, right. Like mm-hmm. even this false like sense of confidence um, that I had uh, as a paramedic student. As an EMT right mm-hmm. so you're, you, you learn a few things you're like a month or two months in especially after IVs It's like and cardiac. It's like you, you learn all this stuff and then you're you take it back and you yep. show it off and stuff And It's like you don't know shit. Nope. Um, yep, that's exactly and, and I see that even in this class Like mm-hmm. I see people coming from their Maybe they're in an ER tech role, but maybe as a CNA sure and they just shrug this class off mm-hmm. and then they start falling behind I don't know. It's just like, it's just life lessons in there. It is like, it's just to stay humble. And like, sometimes you need a catastrophic life event to humble you. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, Mm -hmm. so that being said, it's like, at what point did you find yourself uh, in education then? Or was, was there more to do between that and education?
1: So I found myself in education. Thanks to you and you and Marty, actually, I um, coming out of EMT and then doing stuff on the ambulance. I was like, Oh my God seeing the stuff same same thing you're like oh yeah i got this like graduated emt school like tough class uic had a fantastic class and i was like yeah this is good class prepared me really well and it did but then doing the job i was like oh there's still so much i don't know yeah and the things that skills that i don't do very often i gotta like practice these or else i'm gonna forget how to do them and then it was one of those like hey we need people to be like TAs or just help out for skills days and I was like sign me up that's Mm. sounds like an easy way to practice and then it just kind of snowballed from there okay where after after that um while I was in medic school as well I was teaching um St. Joe's uh downtown had an EMT program
0: St. Joe's downtown oh Lincoln Park
1: uh yeah they had an EMT program. Yeah,
0: I didn't know. Cause Weiss is up. I got I got my EMT at Weiss. so yeah. like they got, I didn't know St. Charles yeah, there. it
1: was j- just down the street. We had an EMT program, and uh, it only lasted I for a couple of years. That yeah, it was just for a couple of years, but th- it was same thing. It was. Hey, and then I got more into the lecture role as well. Okay. And in my mind, I was like, same thing. I I went to a fantastic EMT school. Yeah. An EMT program.
0: To pass that on and build on it, right?
1: Well, yeah, and also I was like, I don't want to. I want people to have this experience because working with people both on the private side, on the nine one one side, seeing like, Oh yeah. Like if you don't go to like, I'm not even saying bad EMT programs, but unless you go to a very good EMT program, like you might've been misinformed about stuff, things along those lines. And I was like, I don't want to say the wrong things and like set bad precedent for these people. Like they're, impacting lives potentially right Yeah, and um, like, all, like you're not daily. studying for an exam you're yeah. studying
0: to potentially save someone's loved one yeah.
1: yeah so i was like i i need to know what i'm talking about on top of i need to know how to do my skills right um and then same thing it just further snowballed from there uh after medic school i was like hey if you guys need people to like help out with skills or whatever um and i ended up coming back for skills and doing that picking up a bunch of shifts at at Loyola doing that doing that doing that and then uh a lead instructor spot opened up mm. and i was like hey i happen to have my lead instructor license from the state and i've been helping out like do you guys like need people and they're like yeah and then <laughs> I was there amazing and then got the associate paramedic program director spot
0: Wait, is is at Loyola? Now? This is okay. it, so yeah, so then it was. So you left St. Joe's. Le- to left go to St. Loyola. Joe's,
1: Loyola lead instructor, and then gotcha. then Nicole left. So she yeah. was the program director. I took over as associate.
0: Have you? Do you, Do you, I, I? don't stay in touch with her. I have her on Facebook. But yeah. Is, so is I, okay? I. Yeah. She's yeah. She's <laughs> okay. doing. She's doing well.
1: Yeah. Um, I. Uh, I. She comes to Loyola once in a blue moon to teach. Um. The. Oh. Uh, ACLS classes, PALS classes and all that stuff. Oh, okay. She's over at Midwestern. She's doing fantastic stuff with the skills lab over there. Gotcha. That, so, that was.
0: What, okay. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Gotcha. She probably bumps into c and parents here and there. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, Wonderful.
1: But yeah, so then, I, and then I, I slid an office down and into the program director role and I was like more education and now it's more admin stuff. And yeah. So we'll see what happens next. But. So
0: how, how was that? Um, who, who was it? It, so it was Nicole before you, and then you? Correct, yeah. Okay. Was that intimidating or overwhelming? Absolutely. Absolutely. Even
1: even coming from the office next door, like the lead instructor spot, where I worked hand-in-hand hand with Nicole, it was like, cool, now you got to put your big boy pants on, and now you're
0: calling the shots. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, Were you lead instructor of EMT or paramedic? Paramedic. See, I, I for some reason, I think that's more of a bigger role.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, it... I, yeah, yes and no. I mean, Coming up with the content at least, right? Yeah, so it's it's depending on what kind of relationship you have with the program director. Okay. So Nicole went back and forth depending on how she was doing stuff, and she made it work. But there was a lot of times where I was more like focusing on content. She was more just admin side of stuff. I'll be honest now, the lead instructor that we have in place, shout out Josh Hintz, lieutenant oh, nice. from... Uh, uh line fire protection district, yeah um he's our lead instructor at Loyola now, and him and I essentially if you took nameplates off of doors or titles off of email it's signatures it would be essentially interchangeable, nice. like so him and I both lecture. him and I both get all the skill stuff squared away. yeah, um if there's people at fire departments that need prodding, I'll shuffle that off to him since he's actively at a fire department that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, aside from yeah. that role, yeah, yeah, it's it's.
0: It's essentially interchangeable. So, how did you get over this? Is it um, accurate to call it kind of imposter syndrome? Like when you first stepped into oh, 100%, 100%. that leadership role? So, did you get pushback from students, or how did how did that all? Because I, I think I didn't hear about you until you got that yeah. role, and then I'm like, whoa! Well, I forgot that role. Like, word on the street is like you haven't done. You're not as seasoned. You yeah. Know? So like yeah. So that was. I was curious as to how you were doing.
1: Yeah. So that was for sure. There was a, a, a lot of imposter syndrome, okay. and it was. It was, yeah. I'm not coming from a fire department background. Right. I'm coming from a private ambulance background. Right, right. Granted, we were still doing emergency calls and all that stuff, but it's not the same. People people don't know, people don't care. And they'll, they'll look at it, and be like, oh, not from fire department, whatever. And I don't blame them. I don't blame but them. Did,
0: but did you see that in numbers at like ever, in enrollment?
1: Not really. Okay. Thankfully, thankfully, because yeah. it was. I mean, Loyals
0: reputation precedes them. So.
1: Yeah, and it's it's, hopefully, knock on wood, we've continued to do that. And it's thankfully we didn't see like a, a dip in enrollment or anything like that because it was Nicole was still in the spot and then I was lead instructor and then when I took over program director role we had Josh come in and then he he brings the the fire department side back so it's we were very fortunate in like the way staffing changed yeah yeah so there wasn't too much of a dip in enrollment from that but getting over the impo- um, imposter syndrome was just hey. I'm
0: Just stay on top of your stuff. Stay
1: on top of your stuff. Be honest. I'm not going to be the person that, like, makes stuff up and be like, oh, yeah, oh, back yeah. in my day, like, during my <laughs> internship, like, I remember doing this extrication. No. Like, listen, you you want to ask me, like, in-depth pathophys medical questions? I'm a giant nerd. I'll nerd out with you by all means. You want to ask, like, fire department specifics? I will point you to Josh. He is the better person to answer that.
0: I, I asked current medic students from other programs, like, why, what what is, like what type of student goes to Loyola? Mm. And they're like the book smart people. And I'm like, oh, well, that's not bad. I mean, it's just like you got smart students. <laughs> we, we make a mix, right? Yeah. So,
1: I mean, you can be the best book smart person. You can pass any exam. But then if you are put in front of a situation or in front of a patient and you don't know how to interact with them, you don't know how to do any of your hands-on skills, it sounds bad, but what good are you? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think we have a fantastic mix where we're able to bring both academics and the no no let's get you some good experiences. Um, there's a reason we place people at fire departments for mm-hmm. their internships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a reason we still split them, just like when you and I were in med school, between two different departments. Yeah, I want you to get different experiences. I want you to see how different departments operate. I want you to see how a fast department operates, how a slightly slower department operates. And
0: do you still do it to like personality too? Or yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So there's, I mean, that takes a lot of work. It does, but it pays off. It does. I think. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And then side bonus is that a lot of these students end up getting hired at those departments, either on the contract or even the full-time Sk-fit, spots. Yeah, yeah, because it's we tell them, hey, it's like a mini interview. Absolutely. And if you do well and this is something you want to do, they'll be more than happy to have you. Yeah. So it works out from that aspect as well.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So after getting your feet wet in that, uh, how much longer did you wait to get your FBC then? So I think i was a medic for and you were at were you at lurie's this whole time no
1: so lurie's they only hire emts on the ambulance so then i was still at medics um i started picking up more shifts they also have a contract with the university of chicago yeah so for their flight team uh, if they can't fly for whatever reason um or it's the hospital doesn't have a helipad they'll go by ground so it's a similar arrangement, but you do a lot more on the UCAN contract. Oh. Um, so that's actually where I was today on the UCAN contract. So oh. I'm still there once a week. Oh, um, really? Yep. So still try to stay on the ambulance to oh. make sure I'm doing stuff. So ambulance flying to make sure my skills are up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Practice what I preach, right? Right. Um, but so I was at at Medox um, doing a mix of the now like kind of critical care interfacility transport just based on like the ventilator certification sure. they would a lot of times staff us with a nurse as well Okay. so then the nurse would be the critical care provider same thing I'd be asking a lot of questions like hey how are you doing this why are we doing this medication things along those lines um, doing the regular quote unquote street shifts and then um, I did that for about three three years yeah and then I went and got my uh, CCMTP certification. Okay. Um, and then that was another bit of imposter syndrome where it's the whole like, all right, everyone go around, like, tell us how long you've been in EMS. And... Uh, you like the youngest one there? Or? Uh, One of, oh. one of. So there were people that were like some younger, but average time in EMS for my class specifically um, was something like... 10 12 years in ems and i was like oh Okay, let's hope this goes well,
0: but at the same time and it's just like why why now? I mean why why are they jumping in now?
1: Well, it was people that were like now. I finally feel ready to take okay, on critical and care and I was like, so
0: okay cool the takeaway is like everyone's on their own path. No, absolutely you know? and absolutely. Uh, and you know, after that one event where you are forever humbled, like, it's not like you're going to walk into the room, like, with, right. your, you know. Right, <laughs> um, So, yeah, it's it's working out for you.
1: But, yeah, so that happened, and then I uh, just functioned in the critical care setting for a little bit, and mm. then um, did that for about two years, and then got my FPC afterwards.
0: Okay, wow. FCP or F- FPC? FPC. FPC, Philly yeah. Paramedic flight paramedic certified I it's a I weird have the frame for it i, I want to do it but <laughs> then i gotta go so bef- it's probably recommended though that you do critical care work like have experience prior to because like would it be hard to land a job as an fpc without so, critical care work
1: it it really depends i mean so a lot of places it depends on how you approach it right if you walk in and you're like well i have my fpc give me a job they're like so you just took the test okay sure, cool sure. like what's your experience to back it up um but if you're like, yeah, I have the certification, but I'll be honest, like, haven't done critical care stuff. Yeah. Okay. That's totally fine. If you have your most flight programs, be it rotor wing, fixed wing, they look for like a minimum of like three to five years of busy ALS experience, 911 preferably, because a lot of times in the privates, you're not doing emergency type calls. Um, I was fortunate that we did do those calls um, so that. Counted as my time essentially. Um, but
0: with your experience, I mean, yeah, psh, you got this. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's something I, I am interested for in. in well, they've and got like, review to classes
1: make, and all that stuff. and Make time for it, yeah. Um, shameless plug, we've got a class coming out in May. So, I mean, for FPC review. Really? Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I got to get the CC critical care first. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Not technically. So, a lot of places now, the, like the CAMES accreditation. They used to accept back in the day, I guess they used to accept CCMTP or FPC for the paramedics. Now they say it has to be FPC or CCPC, which is a critical care board certification um, versus like a university-based certification. Wow, it's there's. I'm sure there's some
0: politics involved somewhere, <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's not that bad. Yeah, so y- you're you're kind of climbing the ranks of. Of boards and and the people that kind of make decisions and 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 drive protocols and, and so things it's like a lot that. of luck.
1: It's a lot of luck. So it's a lot of luck being in the right place at the right time. Be, I think.
0: Like, did you do you find it frustrating or or do you find current protocols limiting? Maybe Why, not. In loyal, I know loyal is very progressive, but like eleven, you know, region yeah. eleven for example, It's just like talking with some of the CFD medics that have done such a lot of the front end work. Um, as far as providing research and Mm -hmm. even the funding Mm -hmm. um, and even having someone who's higher up in the chain on their side and they're ready to present it. And then someone higher than them shoots it down. Mm -hmm. So, and it's very frustrating. You, you want to provide the best for your patients, But someone above you, this body is like, just, no, we're, we're stuck on our ways.
1: So it's really funny that you mentioned that because we just got done or actually we're in the process of at Care rewriting, we're kind of switching from SMOs or standing medical orders to patient care guidelines. I've heard about these. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot more broad. It allows you a lot more autonomy. Yeah. While at the same time being like, no, no, we've got a medical director on call, like especially for sketchy patients that are super sick utilize your patient care guidelines talk to your medical director instead of some vague someone that's a uh, that's medical control somewhere we know which physician we're speaking to we've yeah. got our vast very broad evidence-based guidelines that we can apply to these patients and it is frustrating when you go back from like that flight environment to like hopping on the ambulance and you're like i can only do so much now <laughs> and it's I mean everyone says the same thing where it's you got to write your protocol It's like the
0: lowest common denominator, right? Yeah, so it's it's when you it's have, unfortunate when, when you people have as say many that. providers though in chicago Maybe you don't just just like the mask mandate or like you don't trust everyone to mm-hmm. to live up to a certain standard Yeah, so you're so you kind of limit them you'd be like, okay in the worst case scenario You can't kill something right <laughs> right
1: and I think that's what it is and I mean it goes back to a lot of like how do you progress the field? Yeah. And I'm a big like education guy. Right. Um so I say, yeah, like you progress the field by providing education. You you raise the bar. Um I get into discussions with uh Josh, our lead instructor at Loyola all the time. He's like, You want to raise the bar, I think we should you want to raise the top end, I think we should raise the low end. Yeah. And it's I would argue that both of us have good points, right? right. <laughs> but <laughs> um it's yeah, how do you how do you get away from the protocols that are just very like if this, then that? You don't get to do a whole heck of right, a lot. It's right, just right. like, oh no, they're super sick. Maybe you should drive faster. Like, no, what are, what are we doing? Yeah, what the hospital will do it. Yeah, and then I mean, I feel like part of that might be like why some people don't want to get in the field because it's like, so I'm just an Uber driver, like right. an Uber driver with lights and sirens, and they're like, <laughs> still no. I'm like, well, we tried. So I mean I, I kinda get it. Okay. But yeah, it's it, it is frustrating when you're when you're limited by all that stuff.
0: Uh I've been. Do you think it'll fortunate. ever change? I, I hope so. I or, hope so. Or or does it does it take someone with that progressive mindset to eventually climb the ranks and make that decision?
1: I th- I think that's a big part of it. Okay. So I know like Dr. C. Sean at Loyola. I mean, he's he's he's, 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 very v- progressive. he's progressive for for pre-hospitals. I mean, I don't I don't. It sounds bad when I say it, but like for just pre-hospital people, he's very much like yeah. No,
0: our providers do a lot. Oh, by the way, I I gotta ask uh, why Nitro. Sits down like has gone up to 140. So, um, well, I just found that out yeah, recently.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we used to talk about we don't want to give people nitroglycerin because it's going to drop their blood pressure, um, especially if they're having a right sided heart attack, um, because right side of the heart's predominantly responsible for preload. Um, they've done a bunch of research and I actually had it saved on my phone because when we did our um, rollout for the new SMOs yeah. for Loyola, a bunch of people were like, no way. So I, I I can send you the article later. But um, Jack
0: Jack the student that we were talking about earlier he he had a, his patient was like one twenty eight. He's like I can't give this nitro. Yeah
1: yeah. So the they've shown um, they've shown with research that dis, regardless it, one of the contraindications was always well if their blood pressure is too low yeah. we don't want to give it because you don't want to drop their blood pressure more. Um, now they're saying regardless of where in the heart the infarct is, if you have that high enough blood pressure, you're probably not going to drop that blood pressure too much to cause issues. So now it's just, yeah, if it's 140, go ahead and give nitro. Don't worry about where the, where the infarct is. Is it because people
0: weren't reading the EKGs properly or? I don't
1: know. Um, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm sure that had some some part of the component. Because the
0: national standard is hypotension.
1: Correct correct and now they're slowly switching to same concept where it's um be careful with inferior wall mis instead of when you and i were in medic school it was no don't give it right now national registry the grand poobahs of all the <laughs> stuff that put stuff together they're also switching their tune to say well, just be cautious with it but you can potentially give it if parameters are met and they kind of leave it vague to have the ems systems kind of make that call that's interesting but yeah it's the thought process is if it's a high enough blood pressure they probably need it because their heart's probably struggling Mm. and um it's probably not going to drop their blood pressure because they have enough fuel in the tank if you will
0: interesting okay thanks for thanks for doing that (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh so going i guess going back to legitimizing Mm -hmm. legitimizing ems like it's just like the one of the most, like most important conversations I I enjoy having, but like I always run into a dead end because of so many things above us that don't allow, Mm -hmm. um, it to be as progressive, I guess. And, uh, I guess like the main reason why I left, you know, the ambulance life is because of like financial reasons. And I don't want to, I'm not really interested in the fireside, So Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to have to go to a big department to, Mm -hmm. to make a career out of it. um, what is like? How does EMS legitimize itself? Let's say, like a nurse would. Yeah.
1: So I mean, I, I go back to the education thing. I mean, it's it's interesting because you've if you say we need PhDs for paramedics, yeah. hypothetically, right? That's a that's an expensive piece of education. Yeah. So are you going to go to the fire department, the ambulance service and be like, okay, cool. Now my salary is going to be $500,000 a year. Yeah. And they're going to be like, no, sorry, not paying that. So you've wasted your time. But where do we draw that line of, okay, we're going from just a certification class to, Hey, maybe at least an associate's degree. Mm -hmm. So you have some form of standardized education. So you're getting that, safety blanket if you will if you're a fire department if you're a fire chief if you're a, a provider somewhere or an ambulance provider somewhere knowing yeah they've met like these minimum standards and i think part of that's just expanding your knowledge base when i went back to finish my what was in that program in- yeah, yeah so yes yeah, so when i went to finish my bachelor's I, I got my bachelor's of ems with a concentration on health administration mm-hmm. um but it was a whole lot of no we're gonna spend up one class this semester on just in-depth patient assessment. There was like three separate pathophysiology classes that I took. So it's getting very in-depth of like knowing the why. Yeah. Knowing the why. Yeah. Absolutely. And we try to do that now. I mean, for the, any of the EMT instructors that I know now, it's not just do this. Cause I said, so it's, here's the why mm-hmm. we do that for the paramedic program. It's here's the why. And it seems to be working. Um, and I and, and I stand behind it. Yeah, but it's it takes time. It's hard to do the. Hey, I I took three semesters worth of pathophys at a minimum. Well, I was finishing a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. We've got these EMT students for a semester. You've got the paramedic students for three semesters. Mm-hmm. That's tough to work in there. Yeah. So it's if you extend the time frame a little bit. And I, th- I think you get a higher caliber of provider.
0: Definitely an associates for paramedic. Um, and, you know, in EMS, especially pre-hospital, you wear many hats. Mm-hmm. You know, what if you involve things like... I think more emphasis should be put on behavioral emergencies, right? There's so Absolutely. much to unpack just Absolutely. behavioral emergencies. Yeah. And then there's like social services, Medicare, Medicaid, mm-hmm. uh, insurance. It all, all, you know, as boring as that may be, I think it's important to be able to share that knowledge with your patients. Um, so, yeah, I think there's enough uh stuff that can turn into an associates yeah um, and especially
1: i mean i could see there being like subspecialties of paramedicine i mean mm-hmm. they're kind of already are so you've got fpc which is so ibsc is this corporation's the international board of specialty certification and they do paramedic board certifications um so they've got the fpc the flight paramedic uh, certification They've got um, CCPC, which is Critical Care Paramedic Certification. So it's the same stuff as flight, but without the altitude physiology, the laws regarding flight, all that stuff. They've got a community paramedicine one now. Mm. Um, They're working actively right now on a wilderness paramedic certification. That's a new one that's coming out soon. They've got a tactical paramedic uh, board certification. I wouldn't be surprised if, if they kind of branched that out a little bit more with the community paramedicine stuff, they're really getting into, okay, you're going to show up to someone's house and you're going to do a good assessment on them and figure out, do they need to go to the hospital? And um, our our representative that comes in to do our hands-on test out from the National Registry, uh, we've been using her for years. She's a paramedic in Indiana and she does community paramedicine stuff. So she's doing house calls, like the stuff that the docs used to do back in the day. So I wouldn't be surprised if within the next couple of years there's like a mental health paramedic board certification yeah like that because you're you wear so many hats especially in the 911 arena are they trying that out in chicago you know i i don't know mental health like like I, of thought a cop I going yeah like,
0: like it's not both like it's not a cop and a mental health professional it's Solely a mental health professional. Yeah, I
1: thought I heard something about that. I actually had a paramedic student email me They're like hey is Chicago doing this and they yeah. emailed me last night I haven't gotten a chance to look at the email, but <laughs> they, that was their question as well. Okay. So, um, yeah, hopefully
0: I, a lot of people that are for it are uh, You know, it's just like it's cops can be off-putting, you mm-hmm. know, in, in, for that demographic and uh, And so to have someone who's unarmed and maybe trained uh, in navigating those conversations might be better suited and then the people that are against it, you know, the people that have seen what can go wrong is like scene safety. Do they know how to yeah. approach an unsafe scene or things like that? So there's mul- I'm sure there's multiple. There's, there's for sure multiple angles for that, it.
1: Yeah. And then it's, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a fantastic idea. I mean, it's, yeah. I, I make the analogy of just like every single patient doesn't need to go to the ER. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they just need that. Community healthcare provider, be it a nurse, paramedic, whomever, but they don't need to go to the ER. They just need someone to show up, check their vital signs, make sure that they're still keeping up with their medication regimen. Mm. Being like, oh,
0: okay, that's a lot of Mr. And Mrs. Of, Jones, of like multiple you don't... industries, right? So yeah. like, d- being being able to dispatch that to the appropriate channel mm-hmm. would be huge. Yeah. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's a lot of con Ed. It's a lot of I, yeah. it, I think it's worth it though. Yeah, I know? think so. It's, we're wasting a lot of resources. I think. Yeah. Yeah, because
1: you've got that, and then. It's it's the same thing. We're we're creating jobs here, Oliver. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But it's it's the same thing for for the mental health model. Where, yeah. no, there's times that you need law enforcement because yeah. it's it's not a safe situation, or it's or it, it or it is genuinely a law enforcement issue. And there's times where it's no, you just need a social worker. But differentiating between those two, I mean, it gets spicy. Mm-hmm. It's. It, safety for the law enforcement officers safety for the social workers yeah how do you address all that stuff and it's that's one of the big answer or questions right, right we don't really right. have an answer to
0: yeah i mean and i guess the other part of legitimacy is uh falls on on the employers mm-hmm. are the employers even even requiring things like associates degrees and bachelor's degrees and if they're not then why would anyone there's no incentive to get it then.
1: yeah and that's the thing right where it's Cool. You and I can walk in and be like, we've got bachelor's degrees. Pay us X amount of dollars. And they're like, "Um, no, someone else is cheaper that doesn't and, have a degree. And
0: that being said, we both know people that don't have bachelors mm-hmm. that are fantastic. Absolutely. right? And Absolutely. I mean, I'm not using my, my undergrad degree right. at the moment. So it's just, yeah. But like at the same time, it's like, what else besides ed- education can, is it is it a governing body? Like what else can bring more legitimacy
1: it's so i know um we were actually talking about this on um a a state meeting that i was on um i guess ems isn't considered by the federal government an essential resource law enforcement's considered an essential resource uh essential service uh fire is considered an essential service ems is not i did not know that yeah um and essentially, DOT. So EMS oh, oh, is still oh, under oh, gotcha. under Department of Transportation because um, you're moving people from point A to point B. I guess is still the <laughs> old uh, approach they're taking. Um, but yeah, their stance is, well, you can make it an essential service at the state level, and all the states' responses are right. But law enforcement and fire is an essential service at the federal level. Yeah. So I mean. I think and that would be we're a big push about in as well. In terms of funding, in terms of funding and standardization of stuff as well. Gotcha. So there's there's minimum requirements for law enforcement models. There's minimum requirements for fire safety models. Um, and put out by like, so this would force employers to yeah to, to step have their game certain up. certain standards. Absolutely, and the federal government. Isn't doing that. I'm not not sure why. Okay, okay. But um, it's... I,
0: I haven't... That's, it's, that makes a lot of sense, though.
1: Yeah. Uh, there should be. There
0: should be a, yeah. set, a set of standards. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, and there, you've got a bunch of private entities that are attempting to do that. So National Registry is right, trying to standardize right. all that stuff. I think Illinois was the... One of three states that wasn't a national registry state. I think there's for a while there was like two a New left York now. And Something else. Yeah, off the top of my head, I don't remember. Yeah. Well, Illinois, you know, we're, we're national we've, now. we've switched now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Twenty twenty, April of twenty twenty, which is was... a nightmare
0: for those that have the cert but are not active. Yeah. And when it comes time to re-cert, they need their psychomotor exam, mm-hmm. and they come back to us, and we're like, we don't have the proper forms. But then they show us a form. So I'm I'm in the middle of doing that for a previous student, and I don't even know if I'm if we're allowed to do that on the on the emt side it's it's actually not too bad is it they, um, they have the form and it doesn't it looks like it makes it looks like i can do it yeah oh yeah so. on the on the
1: emt side you can the only so if you were trying to do it for paramedics you just need a medical director to sign off oh, but okay. you can you can sign up to be an agency on national registry like fill out a couple of things answer a couple of questions once they approve you you can have people affiliate with you as a training officer. And then you can do skills validations as Okay. Because we haven't, definitely haven't done that after yeah.
0: creating this company, after mm-hmm. creating Chicago EMT training. Okay. Well, um, damn. Where are we now? So, legitimizing EMS. Yeah. yeah. These days, I'm sure you know, it's just like EMTs can be making around 18 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Fresh EMTs. Mm-hmm. Also, fresh EMTs can become ER techs fresh out of school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was unheard of. Yeah, back in a few years ago. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I remember coming out of uh, EMT school before hopping on the ambulance and before getting all that stuff going. I was applying to hospitals, and they I, just short of getting laughed at. They were like, "No, yeah, you you don't you don't have any experience,
0: right? Right? Like, right? Yeah, that's why I'm trying to do this. Why do you think that is? Now, are there less paramedics applying for these gigs in the ER position? I, yes, uh,
1: especially in the state of Illinois, you don't do a whole lot of paramedic stuff um, at that's, certain hospitals. That's
0: true. But but why was it so highly sought after before then? I, mean, I wonder, don't know. Yeah, that's that's what, a good question. I, what I don't know. I'm not sure what changed. That's a very good question. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, like, especially I know at Christ, um, they got hired before they finished the class. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Everyone's doing that now Like we've got people That are pre-hired And then we're just waiting On the state To process their license
0: Yeah 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 Especially the ambulance companies Yeah
1: The ambulance companies Fire departments Contracts They're just like So That license coming (laughs) yet I get it You need people But
0: State's State's backlogged A little bit Sorry So Speaking of like Students and stuff like that Mm -hmm. If you notice um, A student Kind of falling behind like what
1: would you tell them so we we preface stuff so we get asked that during like interviews all the time of like well what kind of resources do you guys have we started doing office hours preference. yeah oh, oh wow. i love when people ask that because oh. it's the it's the classic do you have any questions for us and they're like mm, mm-hmm. nah mm-hmm. like you're about to give us a year of your life like essentially two years with overtime yeah. based on the schedule of paramedic school <laughs> And uh, you've got zero questions. Do you like know someone that took the program? So like they answered your questions. Nah, I think I figured it out. I was like okay. Would you ever turn someone away from the program then? Not really. So um, but, we. Like, it's, I'm so skeptical. It's like yeah. How, so how is so, so we've got like to... a a comprehensive like interview like yeah. rubric that a whole bunch of stuff goes into there, and we we have like a category that's kind of a catch-all. It's kind of just a, a general first impression. Sure. So that might get that might bump them down a little bit on that but simply just not something like yeah, no, I don't have any questions I'm like okay let's yeah. let's hope that you actually don't but yeah I love when they're like well re- what resources do you have mm-hmm. so we started doing office hours um much like a, a like a college course um so it's come to us with a a topic and I don't care what it is and we'll go over it with you so we've had students that come in that are just like hey I just want to use this office hours block to um practice iv stuff like okay cool I'll, I'll set up an iv arm for you knock yourself out go practice we've got um there's a student this year that he's like hey i know this is kind of a rabbit hole but i schedule an office hours to talk to you about like how neuromuscular blocking agents work i at, like at, at the synapse level and i was like let me preface this with you do not need to know this he's like no i know but i want to know this i was like cool sounds good he's like shouldn't i know this There was one point Dr. C. walked past and I was like, hey doc, quick question. Um, How many of your providers like in the ED or in the field, physicians, nurses, EMTs, paramedics, know how paralytics work at the synapse level? (laughs) And he's like, zero. And I was like, like I said, I'm not trying to blow you off. You don't need to know this to this level. You want to know this? Go to like anesthesia school. But that being said, more than happy to chat with you about that. So we offer like office hours to do that. It's an open forum. It's bring us what you want to talk about. We'll gladly go down that route. We also maintain like an open uh, an open door policy at Loyola, yeah. where it's hey, I, I get that I'm on paper. I'm your program director. If I did a crap job explaining something to you, let first of all let me know so I can work on it. I'll try to come up with a different analogy. But if it still doesn't work, by all means, please ask anyone else in the office. We've got a fantastic mix of, we've got a residency program at Loyola now. So ask one of the residents that's involved in EM or EMS for their uh, track for um, their residency stuff. Ask any of the nurses that we have, ask any of the medics that we have, by all means utilize that. Um, We've gotten very close with the ER staff the past couple of years. Um, So same thing, I'll be like, hey, you've got a clinical coming up, right? Like, yeah let me go see who's working that clinical and see if I can like actually stick you with a preceptor instead nice. of just like, Hey, whomever. And like, cause you have questions about this. I know that this nurse worked on the orthopedics floor beforehand. Mm-hmm. You've got a bunch of ortho questions. Let's have you working with them. They'll give you a lot more explanations and better explanations than I'd be able to give you. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of connecting them with resources. Um, I'm a big fan of all the foam stuff. So the free open access medical education stuff where it's, do they have their own podcast? No, so, so it, depending on is where you're an at. online thing, so foam is like the category foam oh. frat is like a company that does oh. a lot of like critical care, open access education okay. and they've got their own podcast. Yeah. Okay. So it's how in depth do you want to get with, with this? Oh, you, you still want to do the synapse level. Cool here's a podcast about that. Here's a bunch of resources about that. If you just want stuff to read, by all means, you want to have a, you want to have a journal club-esque discussion with me. Right. Hey, if I don't have a meeting, I will gladly sit down with you and chat with you about this stuff. Right. 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 So it's a lot of providing resources. um, And it's, it's trying to catch them early where it's, uh, we're not going to be those people that like watch someone flounder and they're like, well, someone should have seen this coming. Mm. If we do see it coming, it's, Hey, yeah. I noticed that this is kind of going downhill. Do you have something going on? Can we somehow adapt to make like schedules work for you? Things along those lines, or is it just a simple like you didn't, didn't study hard enough, or you didn't study hard enough, yeah. or you didn't want to ask because you thought it was a silly question? Things along those lines. So it's a lot of just figuring it's, out what's, yeah, what's I'm sure, actually I'm happening. Sure
0: you've seen a lot of comebacks then.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it, one of the first things that. I, um, I bring up with any new class and it's funny it kind of tackles two different streams going back to what you brought up earlier of how do I tackle the well you weren't in the field doing 911 stuff so like how much do you know about X oh, honesty is the best policy right so I'll tell them fire stuff I'm not going to lie to you I don't know right but I tell people flat out hey I had to go through my school twice this is what I did or didn't do the first time. It didn't work out for me. Mm-hmm. So don't do that and you'll be successful. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of just analyze the situation, be honest about the
0: situation and let's get you whatever. Do you, like, do you ever get students that realize that they don't want to be medics? Um, cause I don't think by then it's like they, they've been working in the field by then and like they, they know what they should know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah,
1: Theoretically, I don't, not really, yeah. not really. It's I mean, if, the closest kind of that we get are people that are EMTs and they are unsuccessful in the program. And then they're like, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to appeal my dismissal from the program. I'm going to take like a gap year, if you will. Yeah. And kind of like figure out what I need to figure out. Um, but it, not a whole lot of people that are like, you know what? This isn't for me. Cause like you said, by the time you get to the paramedic level, um, you kind of know that you at least want to be in like some flavor of healthcare.
0: If you if you could, would you would you prolong paramedic school? I think so. Yeah, it's hard to hold on a full time gig.
1: It is absolutely.
0: I think I did overnights. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but there you were, shouldn't. I mean, I don't know. Ideally, it's like you would have more time to absorb the material. And then, absolutely. And then if you had people that depended on you, you need a full time job. Some people. We're like, I live at home, so yeah. I don't need, you know, I don't need. Yeah, I, think, I think
1: a lot of people, when they, when they hear like, oh, you want to make paramedic an associate's degree, it's you need to cram a lot more information. Not necessarily. I mean, we do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and essentially it's a Tuesday, Wednesday lecture, and then every other Thursday you're doing uh, patient simulations. Mm. So it's essentially two days a week plus a lab, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. If you extend that over two years to get to like, the associate's time frame, You've got a lot more time to absorb. You've got more time to do your clinical rotations. You've Mm -hmm. got more time to live your life and not be as stressed.
0: Yeah. But yeah. What do you think would, would, would the cost go up to? That's yeah, I'm sure that's hard. That's hard a No, it's a it's a is it, is it around five G's right now? It's about it's about five. Yeah. So I mean, it hasn't gone up too much, actually.
1: No. So we we go through the College of DuPage for our paramedic program.
0: I don't know. Was that always that the case?
1: So no, like when you and I weren't went through it was you, um, it's you, you cut a check to the hospital <laughs> and then call it a day. Uh, but now it's they break it up by semester. So uh, the students get billed in-district tuition rate, regardless of if you live in or out of the College of DuPage and district.
0: Wh- why, did, why did this change happen?
1: Um, part of it was accreditation. So oh. our accrediting body wants there to be a pathway for people to um, get, obtain— Get credits? Get credits and things oh. along those lines. So when you and I went, theoretically, we could have gone to a community college— they given hand, our I
0: cert concordia yeah, yeah and yeah. but it was like limited to concordia yeah
1: and like not a lot of people <laughs> utilize that um
0: gotcha gotcha and it's it, well, nice but then. it was the same thing you'd like turn in your cert and be like hey give me credits pros, it's pros and cons, cons right cool. so like yeah at uic now there's no credits mm-hmm. um no one will ever know you've taken the class uh but there are less hoops that jump through to take the class right. so it's just like pros and cons yeah um
1: yeah, so it's it's the same thing where there's there's cons because now it's like a formal thing. We've got prerequisites that we like, yeah that we have, which increases the caliber. That was the, the for Malcolm the, for when when yeah. I was looking at least. Yeah. And and now it's yeah no they had they had the right idea. But where, in, a, in
0: a way, I'm sure you're, you're seeing quality students. Though. Absolutely, yeah.
1: absolutely. There's there was a little bit of a dip in quantity of applicants, yeah. not based on staffing, but just based on hey you've got prerequisites now. Mm. And people are like, "No, I don't want to take anatomy and physiology. I don't want to take biomedical terminology. I just am doing this. I, I need a paramedic certification to get on a fire department. That's all." I'm like, cool. I get Isn't it. Isn't there
0: is there a program? What is it? Kankakee? Uh, they they have um, one. Is yeah. a an accelerated one? Um,
1: the, I don't know. There there is what there's like, a couple in the area like, oh, where it's are like you? six months from start to finish, <laughs> and it's like I don't. I don't know how you're checking the boxes and meeting all of the accreditation requirements. I'd be interested to see how their accreditation visits go um, this next go-around. Because this this next go-around is going to be interesting especially after Illinois became a national registry state. And then if you want to be able to take the national registry exam, you have to have an accredited program. So a lot of these programs, like small mom-and-pop paramedic programs, some were fantastic. Some... My personal opinion had no business being paramedic programs, Mm -hmm. but they didn't have to be accredited because they would just send you to take the state exam, not an option anymore. So this next go around is going to be interesting to see how that works out.
0: That's interesting. Do you think that's ever going to be the
1: case with EMT? You know, I was actually talking about this the other week where there's so many EMT programs and they're so quick. It would be very difficult to get them accredited. I think from just an administrative standpoint, Mm. I think it would be a good idea. Yeah. Um, but then same thing. We now. can't get that
0: question. I'm like, are you accredited? And it's like, eh, you don't really need to be. Yeah.
1: Technically, to my knowledge, there is no accreditation <laughs> for EMT programs. I mean, you're approved by the state. Yeah. But you don't have like a formal accrediting body looking at like, ah, oh, yes, Chicago EMT training. Soul you are. No, yeah, it's just, it's just Patty. Patty looking yeah. at our stuff. Absolutely. Proves it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Patty does a fantastic job right. of right. making sure your I's are dotted and T's are crossed. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it would be a good idea, and I mean that kind of goes to standardizing those
0: programs because I know you guys have a fantastic product. I mean, it's but we're we're left to our reviews, right? We're left right. to like, oh, we've been doing it this for this many years, and and they're like, what's your pass rate? I can just give you a bullshit number and just yeah. like, this is our pass rate. Yeah, <laughs> but
1: and, but there's people that are like.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, pass rates
1: there. And you're like, oh, that sounds super sketchy. Like, why would you? You're not even making up a number? It's that bad? Okay. And then you've got programs that are like, yeah, just like, you know, just do a couple modules online and like, you know, we'll just call it a day. And you're like, oh, yeah. So like those types of programs make me say, yeah, accreditation for EMT needs to happen. Right, right, right. right. But it's, it's tough because it's I how do you. Where do you draw the standard then? At that point,
0: yeah, but. that's tough. Um, yeah, it, it offers freedom, mm-hmm. um, but then yeah, you get all over the place with quality. Uh, what do you What do you see for yourself next five ten years? What do you hope to do? What do you hope to accomplish?
1: I keep making the stupid joke about medical school, so I might need to. yeah, oh, huh? I, I might need to pull the trigger on it. and I'm still on that train. Wow. Um, yeah, because it's. Uh,
0: aren't you either approaching the time of like your prereqs expiring or so
1: for some of them probably. Yeah. Um, so what I told myself was, um, I was kind of dumb when I was at UIC. I made a bunch of dumb decisions. So my, uh, my GPA wasn't the best. Um, when I went back and finished my bachelor's at Eastern Kentucky, um, I managed to boost my GPA. So it's, Oh, it's fairly okay now. It's like 398. At- yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So I ended up um, graduating summa cum laude, and I was like, holy Jesus, I pulled that off? Well, okay, I didn't think I was capable of that.
0: How many times did you hear that, though, in class when their student says, I was never a good student until this? Uh, yeah. Because yeah, like, they liked it so well, let, much. let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um,
1: but I've been looking at doing, especially with the pandemic when it hit, I really, I, I took... Um, it wasn't like a master class, but it was one of those like Harvard X classes. Yeah, sure. I took uh, a couple of those on like virology when the pandemic broke out, oh, wow. and I was like,
0: "You get credit for that too,
1: right?" You do, you do. Um, I don't think I ended up like claiming them for anything. It was just mostly just because I was interested, right, right? Right. Um, I did like one or two on epidemiology as well, and I was
0: like, "This is but like interesting." How easy did you grasp the material? Um, based on all your previous experience, okay. the previous experience made it a lot easier. And I'm sure it helped you realize that, like, I could do med school.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, well, it made me realize I kind of want to do my master's in public health. Oh, shit. And, I mean, I, I know everyone does a master's program to, like, boost their GPA before they go to med school. And, okay, like, sure. they look at that. But it's one of those, no, I'm genuinely, like, I have an interest in public health. And mm-hmm. I uh, people, like, want to flog me when I say that EMS is a public health entity because mm-hmm. uh, people either staunchly believe in that or they're like no it's not um i think ems has a, a pretty significant role in public health it's
0: very difficult to do research in, yeah. in ems but yeah. if, i think learning the proper ways to do it through a grad program i mm-hmm. think would so, be the next step uh, so i'm like looking at
1: doing that um mm-hmm. been looking at a couple of um mph programs and then i keep saying it so i i have to sit down and do the once you put it
0: on the world it's just like well now we're gonna start asking Oliver uh, when's med school happening (laughs) (laughs) that's part of the reason I'm saying it is I give myself a deadline right it's ah that's I got I got uh, one of our instructors right now Kimberly she um she's graduating undergrad a year early and she's it's a lot of pressure and she hasn't really heard back from med schools and she's waiting on a few more still but um medic school is still like it's Mm -hmm. it's her backup um but yeah, the amount of pressure that these new grants are putting on themselves yeah. for med school—it makes me realize I—I I don't think I was, especially coming from undergrad, I wasn't cut out for it. And oh yeah, the people that really go straight through—I have so much respect for them. But um, they told me they're in a they're in a class maybe like only fifteen people. Oh wow. And they're the youngest. They're like some of the youngest. Wow. And it ranges to like, forties, uh, fifties.
1: Yeah, and and that's the the other thing too, where the age is now getting older. So for a while, I was like, well, I was pre-med bio at UIC, didn't finish that because I took a break from UIC to go to paramedic school. And then I was like, ooh, yeah, if I didn't See, finish it now,
0: uh-oh. You would hope that you make it through certain hoops because I know they, they you know, filter people out based on certain metrics like mm-hmm. exam scores and yeah. GPA credit, like GPA yeah. scores and things like that. But but like if you if you were to like set that stuff aside and look at the resume, it's you got a long long list of life experience. So I wonder how many programs out there, you know, don't automatically filter out from the numbers.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, and that's the same thing for like undergrad, right? I mean, if you're applying to undergrad programs, how many people, like if I would have applied to Harvard, they would have laughed at me based on, I had a decent ACT score and mm. I had an okay high school GPA, but I didn't
0: meet all of their super high metrics. Do do you feel like you can't do certain things in your role right now That an ER physician can Like Do you um, want to be a clinician You want to be an ER physician
1: I, I like the challenge, I, guess. I, I like the challenge Of like That problem solving aspect And that's part of the reason That I want to do Are you like, not You're not getting school. it In flight medicine I, I am Okay I am But there's There's always that Okay but what's the next step Like mm. I want to do more mm. I want to do more um, That was the big push For paramedic From EMT I was like Yeah I can do a lot of stuff Mm-hmm. But I can also do more, and I'm not doing that right now. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, what's the next step? Well, paramedic. Then it was, okay, critical care paramedic. And then now it's like,
0: okay, cool. Well, does does Dr. C. Shawn feel like his hands are tied sometimes? There's a lot of bureaucracy, right? So, like, do you, does he feel like that? I, I don't want to speak for him. I don't know, but probably... Probably it makes you realize because I I mean I share that sentiment with the students of like it's they have this romantic view mm-hmm. of becoming a physician or PA or a nurse and Helping people and you can help people in any industry oh, for right? sure And then you get there and and you have these insane patient to provider ratios mm-hmm. and all this pressure from mm-hmm. admin and And it's not as romantic as you once thought it to be yeah. Um and then you get burnout <laughs> And we're this yeah. in, in the middle of this like agency thing like, yeah. where they're trying to cap agency nurses and, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you think that's ever going to end?
1: <laughs> Which part? All the, like how, all how the can, people leaving and how, coming back can, to the same hospitals as working agency or. <laughs> how can and, they,
0: call, how can they go back?
1: I don't know. I don't, well, I mean, so. And where's all this money coming from? Is this the federal? The, like, that's this, a good question. That I don't know. That's a very good question. <laughs> um, but the people coming back, there was um, a partner that I had on the ambulance that. Um they left. They went to nursing school. Mm. Um and they were working in the metropolitan Chicago area and then they took a travel assignment in Rhode Island. Oh. Nice. And they were like, I love Rhode Island. That the environment sucked and they're coming back to Chicago. So it's it kind of goes back to the money doesn't solve all your problems. No. It's it's the how do I? Be- I need to find a, a decent place, but then also it's. I'm not going to get burnt out because mm-hmm. they're not working me like a dog. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that over and lose a couple bucks. Yeah, just for my own mental health.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. When they're making twice, if not three times as much, it's mm-hmm. it's very hard to go back. Oh, for sure. uh And I wonder what a lot of these people are going to do. Whether it's leave the industry or or stay. And then, you know, they, they yeah. had the vaccine mandate and, and it pushed a lot of people out, too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and that's a that's a whole... And end, now the city's
0: like, lifting it? And it's just like, yeah. what the fuck?
1: <laughs> I, uh, when I was picking up my coffee, the um, the girl was asking uh, one of the guys that right in front of me in line. He was like, hey, are you, like, sitting down for your coffee or uh, are you going to take it go?" He's like, oh, I'll sit down. She's like, all right, I just so need you to, like, Vax card and ID and he's like, oh shoot, I don't have it. She's like, yeah, they're lifting it next week So should have bought this coffee next week. And he's like, yeah, okay. Sorry. I'm whatever. But I was like, yeah, that's uh, Just like that. It's, it's, yep. it just goes away it just I'm goes like, away What the fuck? It's <laughs> hey, It's silly man. Yeah, it's I mean don't get me wrong. I, I think people should be allowed to make their own choices but also like It's a public health emergency that we got going, <laughs> going on. on so like let's let's do the what, most we can for the most where, amount of people where that where we can.
0: You, yes. But if people really were concerned or if there was a real mandate wouldn't we enforce N95s rather than surgical masks? I don't <sighs> my glasses would continue to fog up with these surgical masks. I mean, it's I,
1: I think early on we didn't have enough data. And then
0: talk about fit testing. Yeah. Beards and everything how many people do you have straggly beards like
1: so i it's it's funny where it going back to like the data side of the house where um we actually Aerocare got sent down to louisiana uh, last year for uh hurricane efforts okay. um and i got fit tested on the ambulance uh with the beard before uh, i left unrelated and i had to sign a whole thing being like well if i get anything oh, okay. as a result of my beard like I, I get it but i still passed the fit test um, I uh, got fit tested at the hospital. Same thing. Like, I understand oh, that. Oh, really? Like, Multiple I've, times? For, for, for separate jobs. Oh, and, oh, and oh then, sorry. So okay. it was just like, uh, hey, I've got paperwork for my other job. They're like, right, but we want to do our own. Hey, by all means, it's yeah. 10 minutes of my time. I don't care. And then first thing that that we do uh, when we land in, in Baton Rouge, which is our staging area, is we had to go to like the little FEMA check-in. And they're like, fit test. Cool, sounds good. I take my, uh, take my mask off. <laughs> And the guy's response was the old Peter Griffin, just, yeah, I can't, I can't, yeah. And I was like, I've got <laughs> stuff in the plane, I'll go shave. And he's like, yeah, not the beard. I was like, can I have a mustache? He's like, yeah. So I had a really bad deployment mustache and that was fantastic. Oh my God. But there's data that shows, yep, yeah, you can pass a, a fit test with, with a beard, yeah and and still be safe, so it's
0: but but we weren't people didn't know, that yeah. they had to be fit tested, yeah, or how to put one on
1: exactly, so you've got like the public putting on n ninety fives and buying them in mass, yeah, and then, and then shortages yeah. and then shortages happened, and all that stuff, yeah, and then we didn't know if it people are still arguing going to this day about is it airborne, is it droplet right, all that right, stuff,
0: right I remember that we had at UIC there was a reported exposure mm-hmm. and um, our director like um, fumigated the whole, mm-hmm. like close off the room for mm-hmm. a day and just let it air out uh, just so it like all the surfaces were decontaminated and yeah. stuff. But that was when it was thought to be like surface yeah, contact surface. Well, I
1: remember stuff. the first time we transported a, a COVID like a known COVID positive yeah. actually even it was a suspected Covid. It was a PUI, right. patient under investigation, okay. for COVID on the ambulance, and I don't think I've cleaned an ambulance as hard. that as hard, as hard <laughs> for that long. And we did the whole like not even for someone that cavasoges. Oh yeah, urinates. Don't get somewhere. me wrong, we we clean that right. I mean, you know as well as I know, we'll clean that. But like every nook and cranny, like disassembling the stretcher it's assembly, insane. getting in all that stuff. Wow. And now we're just like. Okay, cool, yeah. I mean, we'll do it. We'll do a, a deep a clean, but we're not taking the entire ambulance apart. When we're flying, we've got like a UV light now that we utilize, and same thing, fairly deep clean, more detail than we did before. Throw a UV light in, and kind of disinfect that way. But yeah, I mean, it's before. I mean, I remember people at the grocery store in like bunny suits, and I was like, what are <laughs> what are we doing? Like this is. <laughs> But the, on the
0: other end of the spectrum you got you got people wearing just the shields but no mask yeah or cloth masks that that their mom made and right it's just people don't know and it's yeah.
1: and it's so it's
0: and then it doesn't help when the government goes back and forth yeah, oh for sure
1: God. for sure yeah there's, there's not consistent messaging and it's right. i i get it from uh, i i think i get it from like the public health standpoint where we've got new data right, let's release right. it right um any sort of like public information class that I've taken, any sort of incident management class that I've taken, if you don't give people information, they're going to make stuff up. Mm. So I get why they release information, but you got to find that middle ground, right? And it, and it sounds bad where you got to withhold information from people and be like, oh, you're hiding stuff. Yeah, because well, they don't no, know if they're but, right yet. Exactly. So where, where do you draw that line of we've got information, do we want to release bleeding edge info or do we want to like vet this a little bit, see if there's other sources that corroborate this just so we're not going back and forth so drastically. And it's, I don't think there's a, a good answer to like how they should have handled that. No. But, but you're exactly correct where it's, yeah, there was a lot of inconsistent messaging and it's, and I kind of divided you, people.
0: You, it's tough. Cause like, I mean, people that make these decisions you're you're not just you're affecting businesses mm-hmm. too right and and you know like when they let's like, like even the vaccine mandate it's mm-hmm. just people that are vaccinated can get sick mm-hmm. but people that are asymptomatic or not sick but unvaccinated can't go out and and eat it's yeah. like what well and that and like when the
1: whole thing initially hit and they're saying like oh like you're not an essential service what? you're not essential to whom like that person has a whatever a a print shop that they rely to feed their families yeah that's essential to them yeah so like how do you decide what is what isn't um so yeah it's it's there's a whole lot of questions still and i think it's we're still going to be asking them for like years to come
0: on uh on the departments in region Mm eight did you see um people at each department getting sick together
1: there were clusters there were clusters so um
0: did it lead to like like shortages oh yeah on staffing oh yeah
1: yeah there were there were shifts that were all getting sick together wow um and then there was like there were people that would pick up overtime on a different shift yeah and then that shift would get sick so yeah it, it there were for sure clusters like cluster outbreaks that were happening um
0: i don't think enough was said about natural immunity or just immunity in general right yeah yeah no one really talked about it no one really talked about it once you're sick it's like who knows what you're sick with you know over Mm -hmm. christmas i got sick it was the test came back negative Mm -hmm. i was in bed for three days though and i usually don't get sick Mm -hmm. and it's just like i was expecting it to be positive Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's like that unknown Mm -hmm. you don't know and you lead you lead your life with these unknowns and then you're just like living under like all these rules now
1: yeah yeah, it's it's finding a balance. I think. And oh, for sure, it's finding a balance. I think it's and
0: trusting I've... the people to, to, you know, if I was sneezing or coughing, I would wear a mask. Right. Right. And uh, we're lifting it this Monday. We're lifting them. Mm. We're, you know, we're following the city city guidelines, and uh, you know, people that are sick, uh, we want them to stay home, and mm-hmm. they we trust them to do that. You know, and
1: I think ultimately it comes down to like and. Uh, it, there's been a whole bunch of stuff that's happened in the world, right? Oh my like, God. The fact but, that we can
0: sit here without missiles fucking falling? Holy yeah, shit.
1: Yeah, we're super fortunate, right? But it all comes down to like, hey, how about we don't forget about trying to be decent people? Yeah. Right? And it's it's not a, a, a you versus me thing. It's just a, let's be decent people to each other type of situation. And it's, listen, if if I if I'm going to wear a mask and you don't believe in the mask, Okay, fine, but you don't need to give me shit for it. No. But the amount of people that's happening to is like, come on. Like I remember before the uh, like the first big mask mandate, really, we were flying a lot of COVID patients at Aerocare. Mm. So we'd fly a patient, and I'd be in my office, and I'd be wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. And we be like, "Why are you wearing a mask?" I was like, "I just flew a patient. I was like a PUI or a confirmed case. Had all my PPE on." Well, we still don't know a lot about this stuff so better safe than sorry i don't yeah. want to get you guys sick and like people are like oh cool okay, that makes sense and people are like what's well, stupid like you don't need to wear a mask I'm like
0: okay that's i'm sorry and it's interesting because it comes from the people within healthcare. Yeah. right? yeah yeah
1: yeah for sure but it's just be a good yeah. person man like i don't
0: and and in the reality of social media it's easy to forget that yeah. we're all humans on the other side of oh, that absolutely. profile um So it's very easy to get into heated debates and Mm -hmm. it's not even a debate. It's just like yelling your, your side and uh, we're not even having a conversation anymore.
1: Yeah. I think people have forgotten
0: how to have discussions and it's, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. (laughs) Um, well, Oliver, I don't, is there anything that you'd like to share or advice you have for, for students that are going through EMT schools, uh, or a paramedic program?
1: um, if if this is if in your heart of hearts you believe that this is something that you genuinely want to do don't give up on it it might not be today might not be tomorrow might not be this year but if this is something you genuinely genuinely want to do work on yourself get yourself to that point and then 99% of those people will accomplish that goal um it's not for everyone yeah um it's it's unfortunate um but the people that really want it, stay hungry, stay, stay like motivated to do it, and you'll find a way to get the education done, get into the field.
0: Do you do you feel like you're able to live the lifestyle you want by doing all these things?
1: Um, I mean, at this point in my life, um, I look forward to naps. So <laughs> yes. So you feel, uh, do you feel stretched thin? Uh, not really. Not not really. not to the point where you would give anything up. Yeah. No. So I mean, it's it's there was a time where I I used to like pride myself on like, Oh, I've got like the record for overtime and all that stuff. I've got, I've got no problem being like, Hey, I'm going to take a day off and and go on a mini vacation. I'm going to, a couple months ago I I took four days and I went to Maine just alone, hiking in the woods and it was fantastic. So it's, I'm not quite stretched then where it's, I've, I've, I have the ability, um, both like mentally to myself to be like, yeah, I can take a day off and you ever
0: job wise too. I feel, but you, you have that like entrepreneurial mindset. Correct me. Do do you? you I I think so. Do you, and one theme that I've been trying to like, that is like in the back of my mind is, is moving away from trading time for money. Yeah. Right. And, and like, if we're trying to scale this program, Mm -hmm. if we can have trusted instructors, uh, to seasoned instructors to go to let's say we started ems programs at every university in illinois mm-hmm. and uh it, i don't know how long this hybrid model is going to go on but we can fit as many in in an online lecture yeah and if we can have a lab space uh on every university campus um that's one way to scale but i can't, yeah. i personally can't be at every you know location at oh, one time so I'm always thinking about how can I scale something, not because I'm greedy for money, but because we're just trying to spread a good thing or share well, you, a good thing. You provide a
1: fantastic service, so it's yeah. Other places don't
0: have it. How can you expand that yeah. and provide that like outreach, if you will? And something that I can see you doing. I don't even know if you're ever, ever even interested. is just like creating an, some type of app. I can see you doing that. <laughs> there's there's
1: been a couple apps. One of my old partners and I, we got we got tired of um, like the old. Hospital codes and phone numbers and like sure. a note on our phone. So we made a web app um, That like <laughs> based on where you are um, Like it just GPS finds you in the state yeah. of Illinois and it says and you're like I have no clue where I am you hit a button and it says like hey, this is your closest trauma center. Wow. This is your closest stroke center nice um, and then if you're like a verified person, so you send up for an account you send us a copy of your license to make sure that you're not a jamoak a terrorist <laughs> um we'll verify you we'll, we'll look you up in the state database to be like yeah no you have an active license and then it'll also give you the phone numbers to call that hospital oh cool because i know on the private side
0: how much work did that take to look up telly numbers like of all uh... uh
1: the so it's it's a lot of community based too so it's i don't have the telly numbers for all the hospitals
0: is this for the for midwest or for the country
1: uh so it's it's just for illinois oh, okay. um but the more i find myself uh with aerocare going to other hospitals around the country i'm, I'm jot, I jot the yourself. numbers down and <laughs> so it's it, it, looking for an expansion oh, cool. um but it, it was a whole lot of like looking at federal databases that have like what the hospital is capable of providing yeah and then it's a lot of just like hey here's a hospital we've got no info and then we have it set up that if you're a verified person, you can go and be like, "Hey, this is this door code is no longer accurate. This phone number is no longer accurate." Nice, nice, yeah. And it like sends us a, a notification. We verify it, and then if it's accurate, we'll update the information
0: in the database. And it' cool. So it's no, that's super helpful. Is there any any other lingering ideas if you want to share? Like what 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 kind of because there's now like recently when I looked for like EMS like prep apps at mm-hmm. least like there's a lot out there now.
1: So. There are, yeah. I mean. Those are like, I feel like there's so many out there, like you said, yeah. I mean,
0: it's, there's a handful of good ones. You ever right? thought about like a, like a YouTube channel? There's, there's a few like good medic. YouTube. I thought channels about it, there. but not
1: for medicine. There was a period of time with the pandemic where I'm a big, uh, I'm you a big gearhead.
0: EDC, right? Like every yeah. carry kind of thing. Yeah. So I
1: I did that stuff. And then I was thinking about like, well, I, I've i got
0: like, how many do I have now? I've
1: got one, two, three, four, five motorcycles. Do you? Yep. I didn't know that. So I was like, well, I could start a motorcycle YouTube channel. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> ne- never came to fruition, but. Would you Would it, you ride in the city? Yeah, uh, ride in the city. Um, if it's nice out, I'll just hop on the highway and just go like up north into Wisconsin or like out west somewhere. If, and if, just,
0: yeah. Okay. Just it's middle of nowhere.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I bought a bike that I was uh, planning on doing Route 66 on. Oh. Wow. Um, but then the pandemic hit, so
0: perfect timing though
1: well <laughs> yeah uh ended up burning a lot of uh overtime and sure. got really busy with it but um now i'm hoping once states kind of like loosen up a little bit which we're getting there yeah um i just gotta put a couple finishing touches no, it on this bike a, it, yeah, it was the perfect know. time for a road trip it I was think I, did
0: drive. I drove to colorado oh nice it. yeah last nice. uh, maybe two years ago um well oliver thank you for sharing the time yeah and so thanks, thanks for having me you. The humility is something that I think everyone on this, you know, podcast shares, but, but I, I was like, they're with you. And, mm-hmm. uh, I'm I, looking back, I'm like, I don't know why we didn't like study more often okay. and, and O'Leary's doing well. I, mm-hmm. I don't know about Sam, but O'Leary's on CFD and, and he was a baby in our class. He wasn't yeah, 21. I just then. saw him
1: the other day. He's, uh, he said he's crossing over the fireside. So he, he's picking up some part-time work in Loyal EMS system. So he was testing in.
0: What company?
1: um oh gosh um i want to say berkeley fire department wow. uh they've got a contract out there so where
0: was he? he was on a he was on a western suburb where he got his fire cert yeah I, oh gosh I forget. i'm sorry, i forgot. sorry i should know this um but yeah that's that's a guy that i'm trying to catch up with too and uh yeah. so many people i, I caught i don't know if you know Louis medina uh maybe not but he no, he the, was a uh, he worked in wisconsin he's on cfd he's I think he's on fourteen. Okay, I think on the west side. Um, and I was picking his brain because he's mm-hmm. been on for a few years now, and and he just is so diligent with keeping his mind and body right because it's such a physically yeah. and mentally demanding job. Yeah. Um, and I don't think everyone is as diligent or disciplined as him because on or off day he would wake up at four in the morning do His whole routine, yoga, working out, he's mm-hmm. kind of his own sauna now, and like, gotta keep it right.
1: They go hand in hand. I started running every Monday, yeah. Uh, I'm doing my first half marathon in San Diego in August. Oh, um, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, I make it back in no more than three pieces. Why, why San Diego, not Chicago? Um, a couple of my fraternity buddies from UIC uh live out west now, oh, nice. and they, they're like, Hey man, you want to do the San Diego half one? And I was like, Yeah, might as well. Okay. So, opportunity arose. Um, but yeah, I started running and it's just mental clarity and it helps you get in the right headspace and kind of like de stress from all the stuff that you got going on. So it's, they go hand in hand. Okay. I
0: agree um well guys thanks for tuning in we're about an hour and a half in already i'm sure that flew by but um where can people find you oliver if you want to be found
1: uh yeah so uh uh, oliverb.me that's got links to all my stuff on there that's my little resume website so okay all
0: right guys well see you in the next one